Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome to the China Shop. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is the inimitable Kyle, creator of FinancialNiptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Yeah, I'm doing good, I guess. That's the nicest intro I think you've given me. Aw, is inimitable a positive word? Can you use it in a sentence? Yes. Kyle's treachery <laughs> was inimitable amongst the criminal underworld. I guess it depends on how you use it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wonderful, wonderful. All right, come on into the shop with us today, folks. Sit back, relax, hedge against that rage machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way through a complete set of fine china, sharing those ever-growing strategies for maximizing gains and cutting losses. If you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, slow down. Maybe you want to check out either our knowledge or resource centers on financialineptitude.com. You can give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links in the episode description. But if you're just here for a good time, then enjoy the show. Uh, best place to be, though, according to me and Kyle, is uh, over on our Discord server. We get on there every day with a bunch of amazing, awesome people, and it's growing all the time. Uh, we're sharing strategies and charts and a lot of psychological support. It's basically that place you can go to find friends that are willing to talk about stocks <laughs> and trading. <laughs> and they do it 24-7. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Oh, it's wonderful. Stop annoying your friends and family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come annoy us, because we like it. Exactly. And it's a free Discord server. In fact, we are practically paying you to join. And how, how do we do that, Kyle? Uh, we offer gifts, welcoming gifts. Just shoot us a DM or email with your mailing address. We will mail you something that you can smash at home. That's right. Or rip, depending, I guess, on what we actually send you. And what you get sent. <laughs> Not everything's smashable these days. Oh, swag straight from the shop. We're just glad everybody's here. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's always better with friends. A big shout out to all our international listeners. I was just looking at the numbers the other day, and I was like, wow, we got a, we got a lot of people outside the United States and Canada, and I just wanted to acknowledge them and how much we love them. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. Kyle, we got any show news to report? Oh, boy, do we. Ooh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, coming up Monday, uh, I think Monday, right? The 30th. That will be the initial episode of our collaboration with Orderflow Labs. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Really excited to get that one out there. And we recorded that one last week. Uh, and I'm already excited to record next the next week. Oh, yeah. I feel like just that conversation has helped me immensely. Yes, yes. Anybody who, you, it's not even just futures. Is This is relevant stuff to any style of trading. Mm -hmm. uh, you make sure you want to stick around and check that out when we, when we get that on, out on Monday. Well, let's see. Then who do we have coming up? We've got Gordon Stein, author of Cashflow Cookbook, uh, will be coming out uh, this upcoming Wednesday. After that, we'll have Stefan Mathai Davis, the founder and CEO of QAI, which is uh, an artificial intelligence and advanced quantitative techniques. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm really happy that uh, I think we got an opening in the schedule to slam them in there early because we've been wanting to talk to somebody who does AI for a while now. Uh, after that, we've got Justin English, the CEO of Salt Lending. Uh, then we've got a collab with the Designated Quizzers podcast, which will be a new beginning episode. Oh, yeah. I'm also excited about that. That's going to be fun. I know, right? Yeah, we'll have to get some good quiz uh, questions for him. <laughs> uh, and then wrapping up, uh, we got Paul Helm. Uh, the uh, next stockbroker for a major Wall Street firm and two-time best-selling author. All right. So a lot of good guests coming up this uh, this month here. June's uh, looking pretty good. You sure know how to book them, man. I haven't booked anybody. It's been so long since I actually had to go look for a guest. Well, then I take <laughs> back my compliment. Compliment rescinded. All I'm doing is putting them on the schedule when they mail us. <laughs> and we're scheduling through August now. You do a great job of that. <laughs> that secretary work. Right. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> oh well folks strap yourselves in we have got an ecstatic 
ecological, economical episode for you today. Plenty of stocks on the radar, market moving news, and more options than storage units full of Beanie Babies. (laughs) One day they'll be worth something, Dan, I promise you. (laughs) Right, right. Somebody's going to invent a super fuel, It's the stuffing inside Beanie Babies. If you want to collect something that's going to be maybe worth something, collect something that nobody's collecting. Rocks? No, a lot of people collect rocks. Oh, well, (laughs) forgive me. Reach out to us, folks. We do love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook, especially on our Discord. We'll have that link in the episode description. If you're old school, you can send us an email to the number two bulls at financialneptitude.com. That's the number two. Or you can give us a phone call at 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you just escaped from a prison in the Middle East. And you and your cellmate have come home to find your father dead and your girlfriend engaged to some asshole. Mm. Mm. Sounds like Robin Hood. Oh, you nailed it. Oh, (laughs) so glad. So glad. It doesn't matter why. We just love it when you reach out. Every time I say that now, I get sad because then we have to talk about the bet results. It's just been such a bad month for me. Been so excited to talk about the bet results today. You can't steal my pick this time. (laughs) Well, I guess I'll lead off. I think I lost the most, huh? Uh, Nobody else lost. So, yes. I was going to say, considering NVIDIA (laughs) closed the week up. Yeah, I should have gone with my original premise. I got in my own head. Like I've I've been having confidence issues myself lately. A lot of that going around. I knew you should have stuck with that. And I felt bad for even (laughs) suggesting it. Because I think that I might have actually influenced that. You, you planted the seed in my brain, I did. watered I did. it, and let it sprout to full fruition for sure. But I take responsibility for that. XOM, ExxonMobil, open the week at 92.66, close the week at 97.59. My stop was at 94. I did have a very tight stop. You did. So I didn't actually lose much. I lost under 2%. So it brought me from 475.85 down to 468.97. And even if you did go long, if it makes you feel any better, you still would have been in last place, I think. <laughs> yeah, I should have been meme stocking it for the fences, but here we are. AMC was up, what, 15% today? I Like I said, I should have been meme stocking <laughs> for the fences, but that's okay. All right. I picked NVIDIA, which opened the week at 162.74 and finished the week at 188.35. And boy, was that a roller coaster. That's 15.7%. Uh, I mean, they reported earnings on, was that Wednesday after the bell or Thursday after the bell? It was Thursday after the bell. Yeah. No. Yeah, Wednesday after the bell. Wednesday. Because it had two days of marching up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And three, it looked three. like it was actually going to open below my stop, but luckily it did not. In fact, actually, I should double check that real quick because that will have serious implications. 154, did it ever drop below 154? It depends. Did Were you able to sell it? After hours? Pre-market does not count. Nope. Okay. Well, then, no, it never touched your stop. All right. It opened at 159.97. I think it was 157, so the stop was very well placed. Well done. Well done. Anyway, it took my total from, uh, let's see, what was it 575.76 to close the week and the month at 666.37. All right. Hold on. I'm writing a note. Uh, just follow Kyle's bet picks with real money. Okay. All right. Uh, Random also put in a strong performance after going with an airline, uh, United Airlines, UAL. They opened the week at 44.14, closed at 48.42. So Random finishes the month at 588.93. To me, two of the picks were random to me since other people were picking them. Oh, so you're saying we should subtract your losses from Random and... It wouldn't change anything. No, it wouldn't. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's take the time. No. no yeah. <laughs> Hold, please. All right. Well, we got a new month coming up. God, it's new consequences. God damn it. I know. And I've been uh, I've been thinking of some dandies for you. Of Dude, course. Stuck me with Colin Sue. Oh, that was so fun. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. If you haven't heard the end credits of that episode, pull it back up. That's where we put the call. It was good yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's talk about some news. Okay. Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't wanna lose. We're just skitty tools trading information. Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill. No, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, man. Two bulls trading information. 
trading information. To agree. Tuples trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? True. What? All right, Kyle, I got some doozies. I know you got some good ones too. Where should we start? Wow, should we start with the real news stories? <laughs> yeah, I think we may have a def- different definition of what the real news stories are, but so I, I feel like maybe <laughs> you should lead off. Let's start with uh, the Fed minutes in the May, because that, okay. uh, yeah, that's the one good. that a lot of people probably have been focused on. Uh, Wednesday, the Fed released their their uh, meeting notes, which uh, had some indications in there uh, that looked like you'd think that would be more bearish, but it looks like the market reaction was maybe a little more uh, a little less bare let's see what happened on day these came out yeah we've been marching up ever since these came out big notes in here there's two or three of them but multiple 50 point bips on the interest rate increases are are on the table and likely now for the next upcoming meetings um i think everyone's been expecting that for the june meeting but now it looks like that should be getting baked in for the next few meetings. Um, they also laid out a plan to start reducing the $9 trillion balance sheet at the central bank, which is consisted mostly of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. I think that's the first time that we've actually seen the plan for the, the quantitative easing, I think they call that. Or quantitative tightening. It's tightening. Quantitative tightening. So it doesn't sound good for the long term, but uh, I don't know. It still seemed to kick off a really nice rally. That's why you don't trade what it looks like and trade what people do. Yes. So what's the plan? Let's take a look at the plan here. Uh, on the balance sheet issue, the plan will be allowed a cap level of proceeds to roll off each month, a number that will reach $95 billion by August, including the $60 billion in treasuries and $35 billion for mortgages. Uh, the minutes also further indicated an outright sale of mortgage-backed securities is possible without notice when that with notice of that happening well in advance so the thing that we were most scared of is what they start you know flooding the market with all the shit the assets they've been collecting yeah so it looks like they're offering at least notice of when they're going to do that so far it looks like the the tightening is just letting the assets roll off the books right but the process of letting assets roll off the books that process actually does involve a cash vacuum vacuum reduction in liquidity we're pulling liquidity from the market it does Yes, it does. Yeah, it re- it does reduce the liquidity. It does, but at least this is, I guess, it's not aggressive. I would say. What what I'm saying is, is in in an auction, what's mm-hmm. the difference when, now that we we don't have buyers showing up, increasing the liquidity? Mm-hmm. Now that we're decreasing the liquidity, what's what's going to be the 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 key driving difference? That's going to be that different mm-hmm. from uh, adding that much selling. Right. But if you remember, they haven't been purchasing for a while. So they, they, they haven't been refreshing the balance sheet with new assets. So, yeah. so that was the first shock to the system. The letting the things expire is less of a shock than like outright, like dumping them back on the market. Because if I own options on something that expired Friday, if I just hold them to expiry and don't do anything with them, like that doesn't really, what does that do for the market then? Like that asset is already, like that has no effect on the asset for next month's contracts. I think removing liquidity accelerates the movement of whichever way it's going. Mm -hmm. Because if the market's getting flooded with sellers and there's less liquidity, is is the price going to stay where it is? The fact that they're not buying anymore is definitely a problem. <laughs> see, see what I mean? Like, if 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 we're flooding with sellers and there's less people to buy, right, the price is going to drop harder. But not as hard as if the person who's normally buying turns around and starts liquidating their holdings. Okay, that that is that is true. But I I don't know. I just consider it a sentiment accelerator, and I'm still bearish until the market tells me otherwise. I am still bearish too. Don't get me wrong. This is not great news. <laughs> <laughs> this is just not as bad as it could have been. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Mar- the market did uh, did come off some lows. But uh, it is kind of good news too, though, in a way, because now basically what this allows is for them to have some capacity to start injecting liquidity if the need arises. That's why the aggressive uh, rate hikes are going on too, because they want to have room next year if they hit their inflation goal to start lowering rates. And you can't lower it from zero <laughs> or near zero where we've been. It's true. We've only ever done the quantitative tightening once before. Yep. It will for about six months. And that six months, that whole six months unloaded like one month of buying. Right. So it's a tricky game they're playing. Like this, these, if at the rate that they're selling it off, it's, 
it's they were buying for what 10 years they're it's going to take them <laughs> 30 to 50 to unwind i guess it depends on how where they bought them and what the expiration of those assets are right but i guess we know what the cap is how long will it take to roll off 9 trillion when you're doing it by 95 billion well it's 95 billion by august yeah it's it's going to be 60 some billion a month at the when when they cuz cuz they're going to roll it out at a half amount for a few months and then step it up uh, i don't see the actual schedule on here i'm just reading a summary anyway we've talked about that story for a while now well there was something <laughs> else on here that Jer- jerome powell actually uh, addressed the american public and that's not something he does very often when he's doing his <laughs> comments yeah oh wow what did he have to say uh, he was stressing the central bank's commitment to taming inflation last week in a wall street journal interview he said that it would take clear and convincing evidence that inflation was coming down to the fed's two percent target before the rate increases would stop uh, there's also uh concerns about financial stability and their resolve to bring down this inflation. So officials also had expressed concern that tighter policy could cause instability in both the treasuries and commodities market. Specifically, the minutes cautioned about, quote, the trading and risk management practices of some key participants in the commodities market that were not fully visible to regulator authorities. Uh, risk management issues could, quote, give rise to significant liquidity demands for large banks, broker dealers, and their clients. But still, the officials are remaining committed to raising rates and reducing the balance sheet. And the minutes stated that doing so would lead the Fed well positioned later this year to reevaluate the effect the policy was having on inflation. Okay. So aggressive now and then reevaluate later in the year and see if they can start easing off of it. Would you call the aggression transitory? <laughs> I still don't know how to define transitory. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on the time frame. Uh, Speaking of inflation, too, we did get some key inflation numbers uh, with the CPI and uh, I think it was the core numbers. Excuse me. The Commerce uh, uh, Department reported on Friday inflation figure that was below the four-decade high of 6.6 set in March. Uh, Also showed that consumer spending rose by 0.9% from annually from March to April, outpacing the month-to-month inflation rate for a fourth straight time. But there was something in that. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, They say that they've been able to keep spending despite the inflation because of rising wages. Uh, Incomes rose 0.4% from March to April, slightly faster than inflation. Still, the inflation is forcing consumers to save less on average. Savings rate fell to 4.4% last month, the lowest level since 2008. And there's something with the where their actual spending was. Let me see. Uh, consumers have shifted some of their spending from goods to services like airline fares and entertainment tickets. And that trend, they think, could help cool inflation because of the fact that so much of it's been linked to the supply chain. So if they're buying less stuff and more more services, then that should help ease the supply chain issues. And you can see that with uh, when Target reported their earnings, apparently they've also reported rising stockpiles of televisions, patio furnitures, and other goods uh, as the consumers have been shifted to more travel-related and service-related stuff like luggage and restaurant gift cards. They're seeing all this other shit build up. Like people are sick of being at home. They bought all the shit they need to have fun at home. You ain't got to tell me I just got back from <laughs> Ireland, man. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, uh, maybe Randall was onto something looking at the airline stocks last week. <laughs> what, what I'd like somebody to explain to me is how come the cost of labor and wages never goes up with inflation. Like the cost of everything goes up with inflation, but it's never like the, the cost of labor. Right. How does that work? Uh, it doesn't. It does, does not. <laughs> Just leave everybody behind. Right. Well, the uh, housing data that came out recently uh, also spells a little uh, doom and gloom thanks to inflation. Oh, really? There's a, a Moody's analytic chief economist, Mark Zandi, calls it a trajectory flip. So basically mm-hmm. new new home sales, sales in April and May fell 19 percent mm-hmm. and it was also reported 19 percent of homes cut their price uh-huh. so with inventory rising fast to meet the demand we're finding demand falling because mortgage applications and existing home sales are falling as the fed raises rates well as the fed raises rates yeah that's going to put a slowdown on purchases anyway and and that's part of i guess the reason why they're comfortable raising rates right now is it will slow down home growth mm-hmm. right if that we if we slow down the supply side all those resources that go into those homes like we were talking earlier they they can be used in the supply chain elsewhere uh-huh that makes sense sucks if you want a home right <laughs> with inflation high yeah. like the bet there this guy's saying 
saying the best you can do is have your home stay the same, which is losing in value because inflation. Right. But the actual price, like if your home's 250 grand and then five years, it's still 250 grand. Well, it didn't grow because of inflation. No, you've actually lost money. Mm -hmm. Because that 250 grand will get you less. Right. You also had an interesting story about services too. (laughs) Yes. Speaking of services, and this is what I wanted to lead off with, because to me, this is the headliner. Yeah, I love it. I found a story on Indy100.com. Strippers say a recession is guaranteed because the strip clubs are suddenly empty. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's been a lot of stuff, a lot of chatter on the Twitter about, and I quote, the strip club is sadly a leading indicator, and I can promise y'all we're in a recession. Laugh my ass off. <laughs> Do they need the laugh my ass off part? Yeah, uh, yeah, we did. <laughs> I, my other, the other quote I really enjoyed was me getting stock alerts just to decide whether it's worth it to go into work. The same stripper later tweeted. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I love it. And I have immediately started spending more time in strip clubs. Is that because you think you get more attention being the only person there or are you just trying to confirm the research? <laughs> it's, it's all just confirming the research. Okay, good. Thanks for taking that that upon yourself. I appreciate it. I'll keep everybody posted. (laughs) No, (laughs) I haven't been in a strip club in so long. I know, me neither. Not my scene. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, it's it's fun, and because we're talking about strip clubs, and but at the same time, it is speaking to real economic conditions. Like this, the strip Mm -hmm. club is a the like the most luxury of the service industries, right? Like I'm going to pay you to rub your naked body in my face. Uh, Some people see that as a necessity. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's a necessity too. I just don't want to have to pay to get it done. I'd rather pay in other ways. Yeah. And, and honestly, like empty clubs is a bad sign. So people are moving from goods to services, but just not certain ones, not certain luxury services. The estimate is that the profit for us strip clubs has declined more than 12% from where we were at in 2018 which was down almost 50% from where it was in 2012. Hmm. So I don't know what that says. Are there societies? Well, wait a minute. It's been declining over years. Yeah. That sounds more to me like a cultural shift. Hold on. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me read it. Research. Okay. The profit for your strip clubs has climbed more than 12% to 1.4 billion in 2018, which is down from 1.6 billion in 2012. Yeah. Okay. So I guess it's just going down in general. Shit. Well, there goes my whole thesis. Damn it. (laughs) Well, I mean, with the Me Too movement and woke culture, like it, it makes sense that that would be kind of, you know, trending downwards, doesn't it? I guess I would think it would trend upward. It's like if, if you want some naked titties, go to a strip club like that. Sex work is hard work. Yeah. Like, let them let them earn some dollars. Well, we should we should be championing that. Maybe we need a T-shirt. Support your local strippers. Absolutely. At least it's consensual. Well, actually, we should also call them inter- entertainment exotic dancers. Right. I think that's the right term these days. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's all good. I don't care what you call them. A rose is a rose. Yeah, <laughs> I I, pre- I appreciate. I don't. It's not my scene, but I appreciate what they do, and I'm glad they exist. Speaking of appreciating exotic dancers, you want to? <laughs> 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 Since we know somebody doesn't. Two bulls in a china shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She's got over 20 years experience helping thousands of homeowners purchase, refinance, even do their reverse mortgages. Sue will get it done. She's licensed in 27 states. Reach out and see what Sue can do for you. Best way to get a hold of her, just give her a call, 520-977-7904. Or you can send her an email, S-P-U-L-L-E-N, that's Sue, that's S. Pullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206048. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Two Bulls in a China Shop is also proudly affiliated with the Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro Academy is the educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs and new and experienced independent traders. Translation, learn to trade like the big institutions or like Dan if you're on the options call. Yeah. (laughs) They've got a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders, and there's no better place that we've found to learn all you need to know to be a successful trader. Find them online at tradeproacademy.com, or you can just use that affiliate link in the episode description. So that's a great way to support 
the show and improve your own knowledge and skills. And join that Discord too. We still have those 10% discount codes. Just don't tell George. Don't tell George, please. We want to keep those codes. <laughs> oh, and uh, you know, uh, you know who else appreciates strippers? <laughs> don't put words in their mouth <laughs> i'm making assumption i have no idea what their opinion is on strippers but i know that they are awesome guys uh flary and leo from order flow labs were kind enough to share their toolkit with us for trading futures on sierra charts ninja trader and coming soon what's what's the third one uh motive wave that should be i think that it's out on this weekend if you signed up early i think you think you've already got access to it yeah that's the soft the soft launch has happened yeah so they're, they're now on three platforms uh if you're trading futures you got to check out their amazing custom studies for structure and execution uh these guys are solid pros we just started the back to the futures with them yeah you listen to that that'll be the best advertisement <laughs> for orderflowlabs.com i've ever heard yeah, uh, i know right <laughs> they got something for everybody they are really on top of the support and training uh, on all of these studies. So really, if you're trading futures, do yourself a favor, check them out at orderflowlabs.com. Been stepping up their game too, as far as providing more, more, just more everything, more educational content, more live streams. Uh, Larry's been jumping into our voice channel over this past week. He's jumped, jumped on there a couple different times. And so, I mean, they're, they're definitely accessible. They're easy to reach and they love to help. Yeah. You could tell they have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Agreed. All right. Should we, uh, should we do some stock news? Uh, yeah, let's talk about some stocks. Stock time! Now it's talk about stocks time. Looking for setups and still not advice. Big moves, fresh news, and earnings. All that we're saying is still not advice. Stock time! Please don't sue us. Okay, Kyle, what's on your mind? I know you want to give us our Elon update. I think you might as well go ahead and do that. Okay, we'll lead off with Elon. I know everybody's shocked, but it's just so damn entertaining. The Elon Musk and the Twitter merger has become like the will they, won't they of the stock market. They're the Ross and Rachel. I I actually decided <laughs> Elon Musk is the Kim Kardashian of the business world. Uh, then who's, who's, who's Twitter then? Kanye. Ah, uh, well, I don't know. That seems backwards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Break that. Reverse it. Who's, who's the genius? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> we know Kanye is a genius. He has told everybody. No, no. Well said. <laughs> I, I sit corrected. All right. Anyway, what's going on? Anyway, someone has filed a lawsuit on behalf of Twitter shareholders against Elon Musk, alleging the Tesla CEO has actively manipulated the company's stock for personal gain. <laughs> oh, really? I read this story and I pulled up Twitter on my chart and this story came out on uh, May 26th. The story came out Thursday and it, Thursday, which means they wrote it the day before, at least, mm -hmm. when the stock had closed at 37. Thursday, it, it opened at 38 and got almost up to 40. And it ended the, ended the week at 40.17. That wasn't the news that, that caused it to pop up. There was actually um, uh, an unusual Wales tweet that came out Thursday morning pre-market saying that Elon had actually committed an additional $6.25 in equity to financing that Twitter merger. So I think that was the news that caused it to move. Right, right. I did, I'm not saying like the, oh, okay. the lawsuit okay. caused okay. it to move. What I'm <laughs> saying is, is how does that help you in court if by the time the judge reads it, the price of Twitter is at or around where he said he would buy it? Well, no, his buy price is 54.20. Okay, okay, right. So what I'm saying is, is, is like, I don't know what Twitter's gonna do, but if it keeps rallying, it destroys their case. I would think. Well, you would, I would. I would hope. I'm like. I don't know. I. I just couldn't walk into a court of law. Like you, you just set that up. <laughs> you can maybe look at what Musk was doing by not disclosing his purchases. Yeah. Like that is maybe the argument you can make. If your argument is anything that's happened after that, there's no argument because if the deal goes through, it's going through with the sale price unless they renegotiate terms. Right. The fact that the price isn't following or hanging out at that 54 mark is because the market has lost faith in the ability of that deal to actually get done. Right, right. If you still believe that deal is going to happen, go pick. I was just pricing out $50 calls for August. They're less than a dollar. I tried to get filled on a few of them before close. 
and couldn't get it. Right. All he's got to do is is close the deal. Like, it, w- yeah, I should say it's it's really hard to go into a court of law and say Elon Musk tweeted this way to specifically push this price in directions he wanted it to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like proving that is absurdly difficult. Like, how are you going to do that if you? Unless you unless you have actual stock purchases tied with the dates of those tweets, like doesn't uh, yeah yeah right do they do they have access to his cell phone and he's like texting like watch this I'm gonna tank the Twitter stock <laughs> T- <Yeah. T. laughs> Jane Lynch over here has been <laughs> <laughs> right. buying it up at this price and I'm just gonna go fuck her position just because I can just because I can't right right like I doubt those texts are gonna surface because I doubt they exist. Uh, so how often do you pick a random name? It turns out to be a fa- famous person. I was wondering why you were picking on Jane Lynch, but uh, I wasn't going to say it. I thought maybe I, I didn't get, and I didn't know something about her investment decisions or something no. like, well, maybe Jane Lynch is a famous stock trader. I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to just pull out a random name. <laughs> it's like Jane Doe sounds too, too, let's make it a real name. Lynch. <laughs> Oh, well. Oh, okay. Well done. All right. Well, what, what the, what's the, did, we don't need to look at the Twitter price again, but what, what stocks are you looking at? What, what stories you got for us? Uh, I saw one that popped up today that really caught my eye about Neo. Oh, when was the last time we saw them. Our favorite Chinese electric vehicle maker. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, apparently they got a boost uh, this week because they announced, or I don't know if they announced it. Let's see. It was reported by, I can't even say the name of this newspaper, uh, <laughs> that Neo is uh, looking to expand into the U.S. market. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's because of job postings. Oh, they're looking to hire staff for their American offices. Right. Yes. Neo is supposed to have the intention of building a plant in the U.S. Position requires knowledge of U.S. states' policies and subsequent involvement with plant site selection in the U.S. Mm. So the speculation comes as Neo's already expanded into Europe. Uh, recently, the company reported selling its 500th vehicle in the country. What? What country? Europe? Europe's not a country. Who wrote this article? Have they sold 500 <laughs> in the United States and just like shipped them over on a tanker? Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, it's, uh, they're going to start construction of the second European battery swap station in Norway on May 30th. SF plans to open three new Neo houses in Norway as well. Neo house is like a showroom where fans of the company can share their experiences. <laughs> Some houses contain libraries and cafes. Oh, wow. Hey, Kyle, let's go down to the Neo house and hang out, man. Let's do it. Talk to other people who love their Neos. <laughs> yeah. It's such a weird thing to do, but I guess it works. Neo culture. Uh, they also recently listed on the Singapore Exchange. A uh, uh, company was added to the Hang Seng talk, uh, Tech Index. Well, I'm, I guess I shouldn't be surprised after uh, Hans Vanderland was talking about Singapore being one of the emerging long-term growth markets i'm surprised they didn't go with hong kong or maybe they're already listed on hong kong they just added another listing yeah anyway let's yeah. see what uh, neo looks like uh it's not the worst chart i've ever seen but it's pretty close to it <laughs> <laughs> uh neo's trading it just closed friday at 1660 the last level i drew was around 22 yeah right where it's at is kind of a a, a support resistance line. I think you could put one right there at 16 and a half. Uh, you got a support down below at 1080. A uh, very bearish structure. I think I would want to see at least a structure reversal, and that would mean putting in a new higher high, which would involve getting past 24 before I wanted to get bullish and start looking for long entries. Uh, at this point, I think you could look to play retests. Yeah, and and I mean, you zoom out on it when it opens open in 2019 like most of the volume was <laughs> a penny stock volume right <laughs> really really want yeah i'd like i'd like to pick it up to see if the nine dollars holds nine eight uh there is a gap from back in july um, july 2020 from like 10 it looks like a double gap between 10 and eight dollars gap and up yeah Uh-oh. well there you go that's that's where i want to get in but the peak of when that gapped up, the, the high of that move, that's right where it's trading at right now. So I would assume that this would be a pretty strong support resistance mark where it's at right at this moment. Yeah. So watch and see which way it wants to go from here. If it wants to go above, then uh, then longs and try to ride that up to 20 and maybe even 22 again. If it drops below that, uh, then <laughs> see if you can get that gap fill. Yeah. What other stocks you got to watch? 
Um, I came across an interesting story that I, I thought was a little revealing of the economy as well, just like the uh, stripper story. But now it's in stocks. Oh, yeah. Uh, the CNBC headline is glam makeup and dressing up are back. And that's benefiting retailers like Macy's and Ulta. Mm, huh. Macy's, huh? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Long Macy's. No. <laughs> Reta- apparently, both Macy's and Ulta reported stronger first quarter sales. And their projections are shoppers are, are going to be moving out. And, you know, the next quarter is going to be great, too. So they've got rosy projections. Jeez, you remember when we were trading Macy's back uh, back when you were testing out your straddles and strangles? I think it was trading around seven or eight. Yeah, where's it at? Uh, it closed at twenty three forty four. Oh my god! Well, I should have gotten some leaps, huh? Uh, right. I don't think we even knew what a leap was then. No, I didn't. No, All right, because high is thirty eight. You want to take a quick look at the uh, structure there and tell us what we should watch for? Well, I wanted to finish the bit of the story that I actually found interesting. Sorry, go ahead. Because. Walmart and Target both both had downbeat forecasts. Yeah, and bad earnings. If you if you remember from your Target stuff, your Target talk. Yeah, yeah, I do. Thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> you, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I I knew you'd be proud of of me. Thrilled. Yeah. Thrilled. Thrilled to hear me talk about that again. <laughs> no. So so when you when you get down and you read into what they were actually saying, what they're finding is high income people are are spending a lot more on makeup and fashion. Mm-hmm. Low-income people are flat on their spending; like there's there's no growth. Um, okay. So I think I think that's uh that speaks more to like the empty strip clubs, right? It's it's confluence. I think it's confluence with the empty strip mm. clubs uh, that we're not we're not seeing we're seeing the sentiment of people want to go out and buy you know some new fancy clothes, some good makeup, look good, go out, socialize, but that. The majority of people don't have the money to do it, so I think their rosy outlook. Gotcha. Uh, I would, I would, I would like to get some puts on on Macy's before their next earnings. Well, let me ask you this question. Actually, they just had their earnings, by the way. Let's. Yeah, their next earnings in August. They had pretty decent ones. They reported. Uh, I don't know. I think that was the twenty sixth. That was yesterday. Yeah, they support, they they had a thirty percent surprise on their earnings. It was. Uh, oh, wow. Estimated at eighty-two cents a share, and they reported a dollar eight. God damn! I might have to start bringing back the earnings watch list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, if you want to, what do the levels look like? Where's a good entry if you want to try to get short on this? My my first area would definitely be that twenty-eight dollar mm-hmm. line. If it actually breaks that, I, I I would. I mean, it's 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 it might actually run up to thirty-two. I think if it gets anywhere near 32, 34, or even above 36, I think it just starts shorting it blindly. You don't even look. <laughs> right. Yeah, certainly if it hits a new high. That's still pretty pretty far away. What is it trading at? 2340? So it's right in the middle of a zone, right? Yeah. You got the 2015 and 28 above. So yeah, wait and see what... Wait for one of those zones, right? Don't trade in the middle here where you're just going to get chopped up. Yeah. And and that long-term structure, like it rallied off its lows, its COVID lows, but it couldn't get back to the 2018 high in the $40 area. 2018 high, which couldn't get... That which couldn't beat the 16 high. Exactly. Yeah. This has just been stepping down over the course of a decade. Since 2015, at least. Yeah. Yeah, so yep. I see Macy's having good earnings as an opportunity of like, okay, it's going to pull back on these good earnings. I I could easily be wrong. I don't know, but my gut tells me their next earnings is not going to be so hot. Like I, I feel like they're going to overestimate their next earnings, so it's going to come in under. I should say, because mm. every every business has its own bullish bias, right? Like if you work at Macy's, you believe Macy's is going to always do great. Okay. <laughs> Does that not make sense? Um, I mean, I've worked for companies and I didn't like their outlook. <laughs> okay, but you weren't the person <laughs> crafting the public outlook. Oh, if I was telling everybody, yeah, I'd be telling yeah. everybody how great everything is. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. So like their rosy projection, I'm not buying it. Right. Anyway, what else you got? Well, I've got a couple things on the radar. Um, Target was one of them, but we just talked about Target. So maybe I'll just be real quick with Target. Target is after that abysmal earnings and the massive dump. It bounced off of the one forty six a couple uh, this week. Yeah, that was on twenty fourth, and it's come right back up, and it is actually really looking at that gap level. And that is a huge gap that it left behind. Yeah. 
I think if Target can open above 168, I think we start to fill that gap. I don't know if we fill the entire thing in one go, but I think we at least take a chunk of it. Yeah. So I am going to be watching that to see if it, it starts making that move. And then the last one was actually Boeing. Uh, and this is another one that I hadn't looked at in a while, but Jesus, it has just been getting destroyed. <laughs> Boeing, huh? Is that B? B-A. Oof. Yeah. The COVID lows are down at 89. Yeah. I just 88, roughly. It tagged 117, uh, my 117 zone here this past week and bounced off of it finally. Uh, but ah, man, it has gotten so ridiculously sold at this point. Now I'm starting to watch for this thing to actually turn around because I can't imagine this staying in the gutter that long. Well, yeah, if it, if it, if once if it retests 117 and 117 doesn't hold, like it's a, it's a real gap. You know, we're going to be hitting 106 and then oh, 100 breaks. Good Lord. I, I just can't see this thing getting hammered down much lower than that. And that just may be bias on my part, but I don't know. Maybe the 737 Max has been still having giving them issues. I haven't been keeping up on that news lately. I just look at this and think like, why, why the fuck is this so far low, down? <laughs> you know, I don't like the, I'm looking at the daily. I don't like the volume of this rally. Uh, you can, I think you can say that about just about any rally going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh, and I wanted to mention with Target in that gap, mm-hmm. we are we are on a solid bear rally. I I don't I don't think yes uh, we've changed biases from no, structurally at all. Um, no. So so the the question is is like how far does it go? I don't know. I like four twenty on the spy, and the spy is at four fifteen. So we you know couple, maybe a couple more days. I can't. I can't see. I can see two cases. I could see four twenty to four twenty five mm-hmm. to start with. But best case scenario, I think you look at the trend line of the current down between the two peaks, the two most recent peaks. So maybe you can make a case for like four forties. But man, that is really. I think that is very unlikely. I think if it ever it does get to that point, I think you just again you just close your eyes and short it. Yeah. I, I to- totally agreed. If you remember the rally that we had back in March, uh, we didn't believe it and it just kept on going up. And it wasn't until we finally were like, oh, maybe things are okay. And that's when they hammered us. <laughs> right, right at the end of March there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it could continue for longer than you think. Just wait, I guess, wait for the... And what, I, what I'm saying is, is like when I look at something like Boeing, uh, mm-hmm. that's that's what, what comes into my head is like when this bear rally is done, that's that's when I, I would want to move in on some put. Yeah, and that makes sense. I think I just think short term, I just expect this thing to pop back up at some point. It's just been getting beat down so badly. Yeah. That eventually some institution is going to be like, yeah, I'll take that. So, yeah, watch for the volume. Watch for the volume and see when they decide that that's a good price. Beat down like a child in the ring with Mike Tyson. Like Little Mike? <laughs> punch out? Like yeah, Little Mac. Yeah. Little Mac, sorry. Beat yes. down like Little Mac versus Mike Tyson on Punch Out. Um, I guess time for some crypto? Let's talk about some crypto. I got some crypto in my wallet. All right, have you ever heard of Babel Finance? No, never heard of them. Uh, apparently, it's a crypto lender. It's been valued at $2 billion after latest fundraising. Uh, they're based out of Hong Kong. Um, on Wednesday, they announced that it raised $80 million in a new funding round that now brought the value of the cryptocurrency lender and asset manager up to $2 billion. Uh, the investors who participated in that financing round include Generation Capital, Circle Ventures, and 10T Holdings, uh, joining the existing backers, Dragonfly Capital and BAI Capital. Uh, the previous round, the firm raised about $40 million. Okay. So this company, Babel, it limits itself to Bitcoin, Ethereum, and stablecoins. Uh, I guess it still sticks with stablecoins even after the Luna debacle. Right. Well, they sure, they have their own mechanism of making Bitcoin, quote-unquote, stable. Well, and maybe they're yeah, more selective on which stablecoins they allow. 
Uh, the firm also applied for business licenses in Hong Kong, Luxembourg, and the UK. So even with the way we've been seeing, uh, you know, cryptos get kind of demolished in this latest market route, mm-hmm. uh, people are still investing in it, investing big money. Really? Yeah, I, I see that. I mean, that's how I read this. If you're going to invest in a cryptocurrency lender and asset manager, yeah, you got to be bullish on crypto as a whole, right? Venture capitalist giant Anderson Horitz raised $4.5 billion for its fourth crypto fund on Wednesday and said it intends to invest in Web3 startups. So there's other people looking to try to move into crypto now at this point. And it's not like this isn't the first crash we've seen. Like it, it seems to like to run and crash a lot. Yeah. So, but long term, the crashes have been buying opportunities. Uh, yeah. I think if Bitcoin was going to go away, it would have already. I mean, it, we're talking we're talking Bitcoin's almost 15 years old, man. I know. That's ancient by tech standards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You using a 15-year-old computer, 15-year-old graphics card? I'd be surprised if you are. I don't think you can. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody still have dial-up? <laughs> Shoot us a message if you're still dialing up to, to download the show. <laughs> Yeah, that would be that'd be something else. Uh, I mean, not a whole lot to discuss in the the crypto space, but that one did catch my eye because it does look like people are still buying. Yeah, I mean, big money being sunk into that kind of thing is is a good indicator, right? You, yeah, that's what you would expect to be seeing in in a market and and cryptocurrency that's here to stay. Yeah, exactly. People putting big bets on its future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got my Skydle tokens, so I'm good. Uh, how are those doing? Oh, they're down to like 12, uh, 1.2 cents. Ah, uh, they came down from 0.3. Yeah, they did. From three, three pennies. Yeah, well. Hey, I'm, I'm going to transfer uh, some crypto into it. I'm going to buy the dip. Uh, <laughs> it's a little early to buy the dip on a startup. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, it just dipped by 66%. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> All right. I guess you think of it that way. All right. Well, while you reach over there and do that, I'll draw. (laughs) All right. Well, you know, my goods are kind of a weird one this week. Okay. 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 Let's see. Let's hear it. I had an epiphany and this is a personal epiphany. I don't think this applies to everybody. I know, Kyle, it's not going to apply to you. Uh, But in myself, I realized my confidence issues are linked directly towards excuse me, my cigarette addiction. Hmm. And I've been reading this book. It's an amazing book by a guy named Alan Carr called The Easy Way to Quit Smoking. And he actually talks about that in the book, like how you don't even realize, but like by not wanting to be a smoker and continuing to smoke, you're constantly reinforcing like, I don't make good decisions. Like your subconscious, my subconscious anyway. And I definitely, this resonated. I definitely feel this to be truth. I can see that actually, now that you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it's been really, the whole book has been resonating with me, but I, I needed to share that as my good because it really was, you know, looking over my, my logs, I've got plenty of bads and uglies the last couple of weeks uh, <laughs> to choose from. And it's just like, oh, what am I doing here? And the more we do with like Flary and Leo and, and get into like the nuts and bolts of forming a trade plan, collecting the data, mm-hmm. f- fixing the plan, the more I realize like if I'm, if I'm going to ever really truly be successful at this, then I need to conquer smoking and get back that psychological control for that confidence and that self-esteem. That should really give you a confidence boost. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And we all know how how confidence can be a fickle thing. It's so big. When you have it and you're trading well, oof, man, feels so good. I'm just saying, can you think of an Olympic athlete that's a heavy smoker? Uh, I know most of the hockey players in the 70s did. <laughs> <laughs> They smoked while they were on the ice. Uh, They'd be pounding beers and smoking in the locker room (laughs) in between periods. (laughs) Oh, thank God we got a break so I can go have a cigarette. (laughs) This game's taking forever. Uh, My good actually does revolve around um, confidence too, actually. I just think I went about it in a different way. I wasn't actually looking to solve it. I think I just actually stumbled on a thing that actually really helped me uh, gain some. And that was the data collection that you mentioned and trying to build Mm -hmm. out a trading strategy. And if you want to hear more about uh, this, listen to the episode coming up with Flary and Orderflow Labs on Monday, uh, because it was that discussion that led to this 
this shift in my focus. But I basically, I've, I'm doing what I think we were supposed to do when we were doing the zonings challenge. I think now I'm finally actually doing what we're supposed to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> as part of some of the stuff that George had in his course curriculum. And I don't think that we really understood what, what we're supposed to be doing. But I've written out my trading plan in a way that it's almost computer-like. Like I, I as the executor, am now the bot executing the trades. And what that has done is that's completely freed me up mentally and psychologically to no longer be stressing and antagonizing over whether it's a good idea. Do I want to put my entry here? Am I seeing enough confluence? No, I've got a set of criteria that's written out on a piece of paper that I could hand to you, Dan, and you could be trading it for me. Right. And collecting the data. And I'm taking every one of them. It's non-negotiable. I take every trade. Right. And that has freed me up mentally to be able to watch and see where the plan has issues and where the plan is strong. And I'm able to tweak that the next day. You're letting your strategist pick the entries, not the executor. Yes. Remember we're talking about with Rich and flipping the hats on? Yeah. Like now I actually found something that has put me in the executor mindset to where I can sit back and not even not even think about it. In fact, it's gotten to the point now after you know just three or four days of doing it, I think we started on Tuesday, just in the four days of doing this now, I actually look forward to clicking the button because I know that that means I get another roll at the dice and that roll of the dice has a positive expectation. That's <laughs> no longer like, ooh, should I take this or shouldn't I? Now it's, yes, I take this because I need to get that extra roll at the table. Right. And every time I get another roll at the table, I just increase my expectations for profit that much. Right. It helps you hit that target because you're letting statistics and time do its magic. And I'm still fleshing it out and still gathering data uh, to prove that this thesis is right. And we've been discussing this a lot on the voice channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to hear more about that discussion, you know, feel free to jump in there. I'm more than happy to share and don't have nearly enough time to do that here on this, uh, this bit. <laughs> right, right, for sure. <laughs> but it's been great for my confidence in a way that I would never have expected. Oh, it's wonderful. No, I've, I've noticed the difference. I think Joel said that my growth this week has been exponential. It felt really good. Right. <laughs> Like, yeah, I have been having a lot of growth this week. That's amazing. And and what's wonderful to me is because of the nature of the show and the nature of the Discord mm-hmm. is is I'm not, and I don't feel like anybody else on the Discord, it, nobody's in a position like, oh, man, Kyle's got it all together. Like, he's so great. What, what can I do? Like, we're, we're communicating openly about this whole process the whole time. Like, there's no wizard behind the, the magic curtain, right? Like, right. It's, it's all it's all easily communicated. We've, we've been talking about it. We've been sharing this the whole time. I can grow from your growth is what I guess I'm trying to say. And that's always been the theme of the show too, is we share everything, warts and all. So yeah. I'm not cherry picking any data. I'm showing every trade that doesn't work and why I think it doesn't work because now I'm free to to look and, and analyze that yeah. from a different mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Uh, all right. Uh, should we go to the bad? <laughs> <laughs> my my bad is 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 still hitting moments in my trading day where like I'm not watching my profit and loss and I roll right over my risk management. Ooh, yeah, that's Ooh, that's, that's not good. Yeah, that's my bad. Uh, and I'll I'll talk more about it in my ugly, which is slightly different but very related. Well, I can get my bad out of the way because I don't have an ugly for this week. Okay, wonderful. What was your bad? Uh, my bad was my NVIDIA play. Oh, when I look at it from a risk management perspective, um, I, I think it was an outsized bet for what it should have been allowed to be because those spreads were so expensive. I, you risk too much. Yeah. So it ended up working out this this case, but uh, that's just, you know, luck. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it was the higher probability trade that you made, but if you're risking too much, then yeah, it's a bad trade. Yep. Well, I'm glad I'm glad Nvidia had those earnings. <laughs> Me too. I'm glad they I'm glad they turned it around before they <laughs> open. All right. Well, my my ugly was uh I I tried to set up an alert on TradingView to be like when uh my profit and loss brings me down this much. Mm-hmm. Set off the alert. On TradingView or Thinkorswim? Oh, sorry, on Thinkorswim. Okay. Okay. Uh on Thinkorswim. Yeah. Yeah, it it did not work, and of course I didn't notice it. And of course that day was my biggest loss day because I just assumed it was work working, and I didn't test it. Uh, and that's what what makes it ugly is is I was like, oh, risk management plan done. It'll alert me. I'll let the machine do it. And yeah, did not. I always got to test those things. <laughs> I did not test it. Well, and how do you test that anyway? Do you have to do you have to lose money? <laughs> right. Well, I so I guess I did test it. I just yeah. wasn't aware that I was testing it at the time. 
which, which makes it really ugly. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, directly related to my bad. I'll get there someday, Kyle. <laughs> I'll get there someday. So have you figured out a way to make that work? No, no. Um, I, instead, I'm just after every trade looking up at where my portfolio is. So that's tough because it's hard to look at your portfolio every trade because then that starts to get into your head too. Take Takes you out of the, the trade, right? Yeah. Well, then you start... You start chasing wins when you start off with a couple losses. Like you start trying to push a runner further to try to make it make up for the hole that you're in. Yeah, that exactly that. <laughs> yeah. So, man, I I hope you could figure out how to get that alert working because that seems like a, the best way to actually do it. It would be such a great way to do it, right? Yeah. It's like, okay. And you would think that they would make that easy. Well, do they send it at the end of the day? Do they just wait till the end of the day to calculate it? They're like, hey, you, you fucked no, up. I no, because I never got that alert. <laughs> okay, I can't, all right. It's just, ugh. if I do figure it out, I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah, please do share that in the Discord because I'm sure other people would be interested in that. Yeah, yeah. Be, be a great thing. Okay. Shall we, shall we make, make a, a bet? bet? All right, Kyle. Well, you get to go first. I do get to go first. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this isn't, yeah, it's not gonna sound crazy. I'll just fucking spit it out. Uh, I'm gonna play on, on Tilray. Okay. Uh, I think they are flagging pretty hard there at their bottom. Um, I know I caught a nice move uh, the, earlier this week or this month, that upward move. I'm gonna say when it opens on Monday, if it opens above five i'm gonna short it otherwise i'm gonna go long half at open and half at 425 and take profit at five then yeah what if you're short where's your take profit 425 i should also say my, if i'm short my stop is at 525 my second take profit is at four um i think i gotta stick with target just the the being knocking on the door of that gap fill and we started this bear market rally. I think I got to see if I can play this, but I want to put in the caveat that I don't want to buy it unless where was the high of this move? 168. I think if it's, I think I'll use a buy stop to get in. So a buy stop at 168 even. And what do we want for a stop loss? Oof, man. What is 10% of 168? $16? Do I want to go that low? 168. So when target goes above 168, I'm going long. I'm going to put my stop at 150. Let's go 160. There you go. Let's go 160. Yeah. Nice little volume divot there. Yeah. Uh, and then we will do a take profit at 180 for half and stop to break even. And we'll just trail behind it $10 and see if we can get it. All right, I like it. What uh, what do we got queued up for the old random? Son of a bitch. Uh, random decided to go with Veon, V E O N. V -E -O -N. It is a Nasdaq public utilities. Okay, Veon Ltd. Oh, uh, penny stock, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's got some gaps above to fill. It does. It also looks very bearish. It would be our luck. It it goes fills those gaps this next week. I know. Yeah, watch this thing close with a fifty percent rip ripper. Oh, random. You. It dick. doesn't look good for random. Honestly, I just mean it. They, random's got a shot, but I, I don't think it's happening. I don't know. In a bear market rally, do we see the public services go up or down? Oh, this is a wireless communications. This telecommunications stock. Yeah. Okay, so that's why it's gone up the last couple of days. Okay, well, so it's going to be dropping. Yeah, no need to worry. We'll see. <laughs> oh, random, you dick. Hey, at least that means the 15% stop loss is really tight on those. Yes. Yes. 
All right. Good. Good, good, good. Okay, there you have it, folks. I'm playing on Tilray again, and uh, Kyle's got Target. Random's got Vion LTD, telecommunications. We'll be back at you soon with the thrilling conclusion of that bet. But uh, until next time, happy trades. Goodbye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.